Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome, folks, to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. Good to be with you. And Chris Woodward, who's our news reporter for the show today, at least for this first hour. Steve Jordahl will join us at 11. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning. And it is June 13th, folks. It is my wife and I. We have our 41st anniversary today. Congratulations. And I remembered, <laughs> and I was the first one to wish happy anniversary. Oh. You know, more, first thing in the morning, uh-huh. my wife, she's got to have her coffee. So I got I got it in first. Wow. And she said, oh, yes, that's right. Happy anniversary. <laughs> You've been married 41 years. It's <laughs> it's no real big deal. So uh, so you're going to big splash tonight, taking her out to dinner. You know, we I'll I, I just be honest. This is what folks are going to be going. Yeah, okay, if that's what 41 years is like. We'll decide on something to do this week. I have the perfect place. Yeah. Take your, you know, 41 years, right? You got to do something expensive. Take her to the gas station and <laughs> fill the vehicle up. <laughs> yes, and then I'll tell her. I say, look, you want anything from the uh, from the deli inside there? <laughs> some, some chicken, yeah, shrimp, some sushi. Sky's the limit. No, we won't probably. We probably won't do anything today because she's babysitting the grandkids. Oh, okay. So it's one of those things where she's usually pretty tired. After that, so we will this week. We'll go do something, but nice. Uh, we don't even for like our birthdays. Uh-huh. Long time ago, I know I'm boring to tears our listeners, but a long time ago, uh, our birthdays were all about you know waiting for the for the kids. Uh-huh. So we don't even do anything for for birthdays. You know, happy birthday. We might go out and get something to eat, but mm-hmm. we don't buy each other presents. If she wants something, I usually all all, all that I usually want is a, a book. You uh-huh. know, of something. So if I want a book, I'll I'll get it. If she wants a house plant or whatever or new clothes, she you know gets it. If we if we got it, she she can get it. Yeah. So anyway, that's why that's the way we roll. Yep. We hadn't and no, neither one of them are uh, uh, of us are complaining. So <laughs> not out loud. As long as you guys are happy, that's yep. all that matters. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, uh, for those of you who approve of my. Uh, my methods, a right to comments at no, <laughs> fr.net. For those of you who disapprove, let's do a poll whether I've uh, got the thing going right or not. All right. It is hot today. Oh, yes. Where we are, our flagship station here in Tupelo, Mississippi. By the way, we do have 180 radio stations in 36 states. It's also going to be hot there, I think. Yes. All across uh, just about the whole country. Yeah, we're pretty much uh, we're going to change our name this week to the Heated States of America. Uh, <laughs> a historic uh, heat wave is sweeping across much of the U.S. It's been hot uh, throughout most of the country for several days now, uh, and that's going to continue today. It looks like uh, USA Today is reporting that temperatures across various parts of the country are ranging from 10 to 30 degrees above normal for this time of year. Oof. I got to tell you, I was in uh, northern Kentucky last week. Uh, some storms had moved through the area. It was a little bit cool. I was a little chilly. And this southern boy was glad to be back in 100-degree weather uh, last week. All right, now, wait a second. <laughs> southern boy, you were in Kentucky. Yes, northern Kentucky. Northern, okay. Up near up near Cincinnati. What okay. was chilly? 
Uh, well, chilly for us was like, I mean, it was in the 70s at <gasps> one point. Yeah. Drastic. Well, you know, I mean, wow. it gets like. Get I off mean, the sweatshirt. We, yeah. It gets 90. I mean, it's like 90, 100 degrees uh, in May for us here in Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, and it's not it's not even hot yet. Uh, our, our worst months in terms of heat tend to be July and then August. That's why I think people in the South tend to be more religious. We already know what the <laughs> underworld feels like, and we don't want to go there. Well, I used to tell people. Uh, family up north mm-hmm. and what are the summers like down in mississippi when we're talking about july and august and i would say it's not hades but it's close <laughs> enough to see the flames <laughs> so that was my that was my one joke i'm in that uh lose summer. five pounds walking to and from my car in the parking lot diet now uh just <laughs> just from the uh, the heat yeah that's I, I, by the way uh, uh, that kind of thing doesn't work with my doctor and i went to my Last checkup, yeah. I, I told, I've been telling everyone I'm just retaining water. You say, you know, you put on a couple of pounds. My doctor told me I, I'm retaining food. <laughs> he said, that that's your problem, Ed, retaining uh, food. Brutal honesty from the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. I saw I a medical professional somebody. yesterday drinking a Dr. Pepper, and I was like, it must be medicinal. Yes, so, hey. it tastes like it. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. By the way, folks, Please, uh, if you don't have to be outside, try not to sure. be, mm-hmm. because uh, they're they are talking serious warnings mm-hmm. about uh, heat related illnesses, heat stroke, and whatever they call it now. So uh, please be careful out there. Check on elderly neighbors, or obviously parents and family members, but neighbors to make sure that they are okay mm-hmm. during this uh, heat wave. All right, Chris, what else we got? Well, I was gone uh, last week on uh, doing some vacation with the family, and I didn't uh, pay all that much attention to news. I unplug a little bit when I go on vacation, as most people do. I don't blame you. Uh, and I bring, uh, I bring that up in that specific way because um, it wasn't until I got back uh, that I, I read and heard that there was this an, an attempt on Brett Kavanaugh's life, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's life, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not the only one that's kind of uh, new to that information. A lot of Americans have no idea that it happened uh, because, as Fox News pointed out this morning, uh, mainstream media news outlets pretty much ignored the story, which is bizarre because you have an attack on a, the life of a Supreme Court justice and his family. I mean, that's the stuff of movies. Uh, why in the world would you not cover it? Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and there's a bit of reaction already trickling in today on uh, television networks. Let's begin uh, here. I've got some audio from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He uh, was on Fox & Friends earlier today uh, criticizing Democrats and mainstream media for not talking about and covering the threats against Justice Kavanaugh. Clip two. Well, you had someone travel from you know halfway around the country to come and murder Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, that was like not even significant news in a lot of the, the, the mainstream media. Um, and not only was it significant because it's an attack on somebody's life, they're trying to change the outcome of decisions that they are concerned that they don't like. And that is just totally uh, antithetical to a rule of law. Fred, I think I could make some guesses, educated guesses on why. But why did the mainstream media, with the exception of like Fox, mm-hmm. why did the media left, the leftist media, why did they ignore this story? I mean, I mean, I, obviously they don't like Kavanaugh. They don't want Roe versus Wade overturned. But someone, as Governor DeSantis said, drove from California and had apparently every intent to hogtie a 
justice on the Supreme Court and his family and execute them? Mm -hmm. Why would the media ignore this? They ignore it because uh, news journalism has changed drastically in the last 20 years and even, I would say, more so in the last five. Uh, the goal of mainstream journalism today, because a lot of them graduate from Columbia University, which is a far, far left university, uh, the goal has changed from covering the news to uh, supporting a cause. So if you're a pro-abortionist, you don't want to do a story that would lend some sympathy to a justice that the media believes probably is in favor of voting against uh, Roe Ro v. Wade. Yeah. In other words, uh, to, to change the way things have been for the last 50 years. So now you've got newsrooms. You don't. You may have diversity in skin color, ethnic background, but you have no diversity in worldview. Right. So you have newsrooms that are all in on abortion and abortion rights, or as they like to call it, women's health care. That's the way they cover these right. things. So uh, they don't want to do a story that would appear sympathetic or would appear to make their side, the pro-abortion side, look dangerous. You know, that this guy was a pro-abortionist and he was ready to kill a justice. That's why you haven't heard an outcry about the protests that are going on outside the right. houses. Even though it has been well documented and it is true, they are breaking federal law. These protesters outside, the law states that you can't do anything to intimidate a member of the court. Right. This is exactly what they're doing. And it goes beyond the journalists. Let's be very clear. It goes to the Justice Department of the United States right. under Attorney General Garland. He has done nothing, nothing at all. There was a, a, a proposal put before the House, I think it was last week, about extra protection. Nancy Pelosi says, yeah, we'll twiddle our thumbs and we'll get to that when we can. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with all the, the reasons you're giving. Let me toss in another one, too. Mm -hmm. it, it, and you alluded to this. It seems clear to me that what the left wants Americans to believe, and we're talking about those in the mushy middle, uh, that the the real danger in this country are white white nationalists, white extremists, white people that are conservative, MAGA country, you know, those kinds of folks. They're the real threat. This is what the Department of Justice has said, so on and so forth. So you you can't you can't contradict that narrative by showing any evidence that the actual threat to this country is the radical left. Yes. They're the ones burning down buildings. They're the ones uh, burning down in, uh, in cities. Yes. Uh, they're the ones who are applauding or allowing people to take garbage bags into CVS and Walgreens and walk out as long as it's not over $900. Mm -hmm. They're the ones calling uh, for uh, defunding the police. They're the ones who are out in front of the justices' homes. Uh, Chris, is there is uh, I haven't seen uh, much in the way of reporting in terms of what kind of protection is there in front of these justices' houses. Uh, you, you, you know, if what if what if the protesters suddenly charge the house? Uh, are there law officers or U.S. marshals present who could protect the justice? Not extensively. I, I saw some pictures last week uh, in the wake of what happened to Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, there are, well, 
the reason why it was foiled, the plot to kill him was foiled, is because I believe there were two county sheriffs that were pulling the overnight duty out in front of Kavanaugh's house. Yeah. They are the ones who detected this because they saw him drive up. He was all dressed in black. He had a knapsack on at, what, what one thirty in the morning? Yeah, yeah. Kind of suspicious. Right. And when they started to track towards him, that's when he called 911. Got in his vehicle and, and took yes. off, I think. A- and he told 911, listen, I want to kill Kavanaugh, and then I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And that's when he was arrested. Yeah. Early morning hours of Wednesday, I'm reading from Fox, uh, the – uh, person arrested has been identified by police and Fox as 26-year-old Nicholas John Roski of Simi Valley, California. Uh, he was carrying a gun, ammunition, a knife, pepper, sp- pepper spray, a screwdriver, zip ties, and other gear when he was arrested by Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department officers in the early morning hours Wednesday. Yeah. So it, all for all the reasons stated, it seems clear that th- that this is a cover-up in terms of reporting on the part of the vast majority of the left-wing media. And we're seeing this over and over and over again. My goodness, the left, the left-wing media have just gone nuts over these January 6th hearings. Yes. Oh, covering it wall to wall right to now. wall. Going on right now, yeah. The Associated Press before last Thursday night's first circus uh, was out there saying, this is what to look for. These are the people that you're going to want to hear. Of course, there's no opposition. There's nobody challenging this panel of Democrats plus two sympathetic Republicans. Yeah, these are all hand-picked witnesses. Oh, yeah. Nobody is in front of Congress to challenge the narrative. Nope. And by the way, we're not saying, and Tim is careful to make mention of this fact, we're not saying that what happened was good. We're not applauding it. Uh, So, folks, don't don't get us wrong here. Uh, We're talking about the spin on this that is coming from the left. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, and rightly so. It's very interesting, speaking of January 6th, there's another two defendants that are going before a judge today. This particular judge, they've elected judge from the bench rather than a jury. And this particular judge is an appointee of Donald Trump, which is really unusual in Washington, D.C. Right. This judge has called out the prosecutors who are, you know, there's 800 that have been charged, I think, with January 6th. He's calling them out saying, listen, I, I, I want justice to be done here. But he's saying to the Justice Department of the United States, how come you're not as aggressive with the folks that uh, what burned down, destroyed five miles of businesses in Minneapolis? Right. Uh, wh- where's your concern there? Uh, how about Seattle? There were people murdered in seattle right uh where are those people is that that's in that chop chop zone that, mm-hmm. chop that they, zone yeah, yeah in seattle likewise portland yeah buildings burnt down government federal court buildings were were, were attacked well fred I, I gotta tell you those were mostly peaceful protests <laughs> that's so right. i think that's the way we need to that's view what all cnn those. told us as yeah. the building was burning yeah. behind the reporter right mostly mostly, mostly peaceful protests yes uh, well, folks, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go into your news watching with eye, both eyes open mm. and understand where other people are coming from. And like you said, Fred, it's a sad it's a sad day for journalism and journalistic integrity in this country that we on this side mm. of the news reports have to interpret what's being said because we have to see through. The spin and sometimes the outright lies and mis, uh, mis, 
perceptions, uh, all those kinds of things, we have to kind of read through it rather than just simply trusting that the news media will tell us what happened and leave it to us to interpret those facts. One more thing on the media, uh, just a word of caution. Uh, I like a lot of what, what Fox News is doing, but I am shocked that even this morning they are covering the next hearing live. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. giving That's giving credibility to a very political commission. Right. Uh, let's be very clear about that. Everyone, including the two Republicans, uh, Liz Cheney and um, oh, the gentleman from Illinois. Oh, um, Kinzinger. Kinzinger. They both hate Donald Trump. Yeah. And uh, they were handpicked by Nancy Pelosi. Right. Which is totally against the protocol. They did not allow the Republican leadership to pick their own to go on there. Right. Jim Banks and Jim Jordan were chosen. Nancy Pelosi says no. I don't like them. I'm going to choose two people, two Republicans that don't like Donald Trump. Yeah. So why are we giving this commission any credibility whatsoever? And Fox News has joined the other networks in giving that credibility. All right, Chris, let's well, move us along. Someone who may be losing credibility uh, with people is new New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, he's only been in office for a few months, and, of course, he replaced uh, Bill de Blasio. Um Something that has been taking place for several months now uh, has been just a dramatic rise in crime in New York City. You talk about places in like San Francisco where people are going into a CVS and stealing things. In New York, it's just, you name it, the crime is occurring, unfortunately. And, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case because they had different uh, uh, police policies and stuff like that that the uh, more recent administrations won't allow police officers to continue to do to protect people. Uh, just to give you a bit of an idea... Uh, crime has spiked 44% in the Big Apple as of April of this year, uh, with many repeat offenders prompting the surge. A lot of these people are let out, no cash bail. Um, you know, there are all these crime reform, criminal justice reform things that have occurred there. 44% over a year ago. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. you got people just shooting people on the street. Kids are dying. You've got... Uh, Stabbings. Elderly people, particularly Asian people that are attacked. Um, Jewish people are attacked, all, all kinds of unfortunate uh, situations that we have to talk about here. One of the things that has also happened on top of this has been a dramatic exodus of New York City cops. They've gone to Jersey. They've gone to suburb, you know, the suburbs uh, for you know better situations for themselves. Uh, they're not allowed to do their jobs in New York City, as I mentioned. Um, and I've got some audio here. Uh, I've got New York State Assemblyman, who's also a congressional candidate, Mike Lawler. He was on Fox & Friends today saying the exodus of New York City cops is terrible for families, the city, and the burbs. Clip three. We've seen uh, one bad policy after the next in New York State, uh, starting with cashless bail, uh, raise the age, uh, you know, the effort to defund the police, the elimination of the anti-crime unit. Um, and obviously, Mayor Adams inherited a mess from Bill de Blasio. Uh, but unfortunately, he really hasn't uh, been able to, to turn the tide here. And I think more and more law enforcement officers, uh, as soon as they can retire, are taking the opportunity to do so. Uh, or if they could transfer to a department in the suburbs, are doing so. And that is problematic, uh, obviously, for the city of New York. We've seen a record rise in crime. Uh, you have people being tossed onto subway tracks, yeah. uh, babies being shot in broad daylight, uh, and it is absolutely unacceptable 
Uh, and Mayor Adams really needs to act. Uh, you know, he's really got to stop spending his time partying and start focusing on the job at hand. Real quick, just to further put things in perspective here, according to data obtained by the New York Post, nearly 1,600 officers have left the force in New York City this year alone. In that, six months. Yes, that number has spiked by over 430 officers since the same time last year. All right. So do, do you know offhand how many cops are in New York City? Oh, it's it's definitely in the thousands. Okay. But still, this is a huge drop uh, in terms of the number of police officers. And, uh, you know, Fred, uh, I, I can't I can't blame them because they're in a war zone right now. Um, cops all over the country are not respected by members of the left, by the news media, by those gigantic brains on the view. Okay. All right. So I don't blame them because a lot of these policemen and police women, uh, they have their retirement, um, uh, down in terms of New York city. They can, they can take retirement after whatever, 15, 20 years and go start a second career somewhere else where people maybe respect them a little bit more and they're not, uh, uh, you know, under those kinds of dangerous conditions without support from City Hall. I, I certainly don't blame them for, for leaving. No, not at all. And that is why uh, just last week the district attorney in uh, San Francisco was tossed by the voters. Yes. San Francisco. I think the vote was over 60%. Uh, voted 6139 to to kick him out of office that district attorney uh was a marxist yep uh his mommy and daddy uh were fire bombers he yes was, with the weather underground back yes in the 60s. with the weather underground he was a very young boy he was brought up by bill Ayers, who is the head of weather underground uh rules for radicals he wrote that book dedicated to lucifer yep that's that's who brought this guy up and so he becomes district attorney in San Francisco, and he says, by the way, police officers, don't touch those people go in and steal. Right. It's under 900 bucks. Just go ahead and let them steal. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that we have people in authority, a lot of it thanks to George Soros. Yep. He's still up to it. He's spending tens of millions of dollars, George Soros. He's a multi-billionaire to put left-wing district attorneys into place. And, and let me let me explain to, to our listeners, some of our listeners understand this already, but for those who would wonder why someone like George Soros would spend that kind of money to put these left-wing prosecutors in office, first of all, those races are so under the, uh, the kind of the daily headlines of news uh, that it doesn't take a lot of money for your guy or your gal to win the election. Mm -hmm. Because your opponent's not going to have big money to run ads, for example. So you can get these people into office pretty easily. But the reason Soros is doing it is because if you have left-wing Marxist prosecutors who will not prosecute crime, you don't have to change the laws in the state. That's right. You don't have to worry about convincing legislators or getting the right legislators into office in a state like New York and have them hammer out changes to the law. You just put people into office who say, we know what the law is. Mm -hmm. We're just not going to follow it. Yep. And we're not going to prosecute uh, individuals who, like in San Francisco, who steal under $900 of, uh, of product. Yep. So you are changing the culture without having to go worry about 
certainly worry about the U.S. Congress, but not even the state legislatures or the governor's office. Well, these guys are tying the hands of police officers. A uh, police officer may arrest somebody who attacks somebody on a New York subway, but they're out the next day. Because yeah. the district attorney says, no bail. Yeah. We let them go. If you think the incarceration of criminals is inherently racist, mm. you say, okay, we're going to fix that by not putting anyone in jail. Yes. Okay. And when they commit a crime again, we're going to do the same thing again. We're going to let them out. Yep. And we're going to opt for social workers. Yep. All right, folks, more more insanity directly <laughs> ahead. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, more uh, of today's issues. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. We will be right back. AFA Excellent. American Family Radio. Announcing AFA.net slash connect. One news now. It's the one click that will link you to so many AFA platforms. Pick and choose which updates you want to receive. Easily subscribe or unsubscribe. American Family Studio. And to quote our privacy policy, American Family Association will not sell, rent, or lease your personal information to outside organizations. AFA Journal. Make a better connection with AFA at AFA.net slash connect. Well, after two years of COVID shutdown, Israel is open for business again. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. And you know, my wife, Allison, and I, we've been leading tour groups to Israel now for 20 plus years. And we're going to be joined by our sons, Wesley and Walker, as the family tradition continues in 2023. And we would love for you to come along with us. The trip is in March 2023. The dates, the cost, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at TWHolyLand.com. That's TWHolyLand.com. It's going to be a wonderful experience to travel with Christians from across the country to Israel and see the land where Jesus walked, where the Bible comes to life. Again, visit TWHolyLand.com for all the information. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. You can add bird watching to the latest list of all things racist and symbolic of white supremacy. The Washington Post published an expansive report on the racist legacy of the Audubon Society and the birding community at large. They say some birds are named after former slave owners and white supremacists. Corinna Newsom is a black ornithologist, and her life's mission is to break down racial barriers and defeat racism in the birding community. The National Audubon Society is also facing the wrath of the cancel culture crowd ruffling feathers because the founder owned slaves. John James Audubon has been dead for 170 years, so it's unclear why this has suddenly become an issue. Miss Newsom says she was troubled because she once had to wear a work shirt that bore Audubon's name. You know, it sounds to me like the Audubon Society is dealing with an infestation of dodo birds, loons, and bird brains. I'm Todd Stearns. In him, we were also chosen 
having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Ephesians 1:11. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at afr.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at afr.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. By the way, uh, Chris or Fred, one of you guys was mentioning uh, uh, during the break that Florida is offering, aren't they offering, a, a, a Chris, a $5,000 bonus for police officers from, is it just New York City? I believe so. To come on down to Florida, $5,000 yeah. bonus. <laughs> and uh, may, maybe a hot week in June is not the right week to do that. But uh, but I, I, I think that kind of, I, I don't know, because you have to move your family. Right. But obviously everyone is paying attention to what's happening in New York City. Right. Well, and, and states I can, like Florida try sure. to take advantage of that. And I can tell you, if you move from, say, New York City to Florida, I guarantee you, you will quickly come across somebody from New York State, uh, yeah. definitely, in Florida. A lot of people have moved there. Uh, Carol Markowitz, who is a columnist for the New York Post, she moved from New York City down to Florida last year. She was sick of the restrictions with COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. So she and her family packed up and moved down there. Uh, there's a lot of New Yorkers, uh, snowbirds, is, is that what they're called? Snowbirds. That move down. Uh, I Those think- are usually older folks, retired folks, that just come down for the uh, winter months up north. They come down, I think that's what snowbirds generally are. Yeah. Yes. They come down for the summer to, uh, I mean, the winter. What is the uh, the store chain? Is it is it pronounced Huawei? The little grocery stores? Uh Gas stations, food, grocery, things like that. I've never, anyway, never heard of it. Uh, there is, uh, they have locations in New York and they have locations in Florida, and it's like, why in <laughs> the world clientele. would you separate, you know, this giant piece of land between the two locations? It's because of the New Yorkers that have moved to Florida. And and I'll tell you something else. And this is not really don't want to hammer this, but uh, Florida does not have an income tax, do they? Are they one of the states that didn't? They're one of the few that doesn't have it. I want to say Florida, Texas, Tennessee. New Hampshire, I don't think, does. But anyway, the, the, the point is, yes, it may be expensive to move, but the benefits of moving from a high, high tax rate in New York City and New York State to a state like Florida, you might make up the difference. I don't know. but Sure. I, I mean, if I was a, a young police officer, just my second year in, yeah. so I'm in my 20s, why would I want to stay in a war zone? Right. Why would I want to work for a municipality that really doesn't support me? I can go down. You don't have to move to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. You can go, go to a smaller community in the Panhandle right. and be a police officer there. You're safe. They respect you. I, I mean, it's it's all positive. Yeah. Or if you're near retirement, like you were talking about, yeah. I mean, I'm good. Take my pension from New York. Go down to Florida. <laughs> Become a, you know, a sergeant down there. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. Right. And if you're looking for a decent glass of sweet tea in Florida, go west of Pensacola. <laughs> uh, because that's where you find, uh, you don't find a lot of sweet tea on the on the panhandle for whatever reason. You sure don't find it in I'm New York bitter. City. No. No, 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 no. You get that icy stuff with the little packets of whatever. All right. What else we got? All right. Uh, let's mention this real quick because it is a big event uh, that we have covered uh, at AFN.net. It's a two-day event actually in theaters. Uh, there is a new documentary out from Kirk Cameron, and it's called 
Kirk Cameron presents the Homeschool Awakening. Again, it's a two-day event today and tomorrow in theaters across uh, most of the country, if not nationwide. Um, and Kirk has done a lot of media uh, talking about this. He is upset with what parents have been uh, learning, uh, that their children are being taught in schools. Uh, I actually uh, spoke with Kirk Cameron about this, uh, and I've got a bit of audio here in two different clips, but let's begin with this one. It's Kirk Cameron uh, talking to AFN saying there's a great awakening of parents who are horrified about what their kids have been learning in public schools. Clip five. Now, the role of a teacher is a noble profession, and my father is a public school teacher, and so are my grandparents. But good teachers are not in control of what public schools are teaching their students. And parents, because of the pandemic, have seen through their kids' computers what they've been learning, and they're just horrified. And as a result, they're pulling their kids out of public schools, and many of them are discovering the wonderful world of homeschooling, which brings freedom and flexibility and faith back into their kids' educational journey, and it is causing their families to flourish. I made a documentary about it. It's in movie theaters on June 13th and 14th, and I'm recommending that everybody see it, whether you homeschool or you're interested and curious or whether you're skeptical, it is the hope for our nation. And just to add to that, we've seen a dramatic increase uh, in homeschooling uh, since 2020. Yeah, um, uh, Fred, Kirk Cameron is a uh, an evangelical Christian, unapologetic, mm-hmm. has worked for, for years with Ray Comfort in terms of developing a um, – a, a church that is ready and prepared to witness about their faith. He he was on the ABC sitcom uh, Growing Pains for a number of years when he was a younger mm. man. I don't know if he was considered a child actor, but I think he was, uh, you know, kind of in the teenage uh, area uh, when he was uh, on that program. Um, I, I got to say uh, that I think that homeschooling and Christian schools and private schools are the wave of the future because I don't think now, now we always say this folks, we don't want there to be any misunderstandings. There are a lot of good public schools, still a lot of good public school teachers. Yes. But I think increasingly Kirk Cameron, in that clip you just heard when uh, Chris interviewed him, uh, I think he's right. I think that the lunatics are in charge of the asylum when it comes to education policy, increasingly that's going to be set by Washington, D.C. Yes. I think that the leftists, the quote-unquote progressives, Abe Hamilton always calls them the regressives. I like that. They are going to continually push to nationalize education so that Washington, D.C. does call the shot. So it doesn't matter if your kids are growing up in Mississippi or Montana or Florida or Texas, uh, textbooks, education policy, all those kinds of things are going to be directed from D.C. Increasingly, the Biden administration is wanting to tie the monies for school lunch programs to state policy regarding whether or not you support transgender kids or the whole LGBTQ uh, agenda. So increasingly, parents, their only ways to fight back are going to be moving out of the public schools into options, one of which is homeschooling, or to try to get laws passed uh, legalizing vouchers. Yes. And the only way I would be in favor of that 
is for those vouchers to be given to the parents. The parents decide where they're going to use those vouchers. They can either use those vouchers for homeschool or private school or public school uh, or Christian school or charter schools or whatever, but parents will be in charge of those monies. That is the only way to break the hold of the nuts who are trying to run education in this country. Yeah, many decades ago, Satan's crowd discovered that if they wanted to de-Christianize America, the way that they would have to do it is not a frontal attack. The way that they would have to do it is go after our kids. Right. And uh, they have been largely successful at that. Uh, they have been able to infiltrate. Um, as you say, I agree there are many good Christian teachers still out there, but they can't change the system, right. all right? That's the bottom line in all of this. Their hands are tied. Their mouth is 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 tied, as it were, because they're not allowed to teach. You can't mention stories from the Bible anymore. Right. That teacher will lose her job. You can't even mention morality. No. If, even if you separate it from religion in a lot of these places. You can't do it. And, uh, you know, the teachers' unions will come after. They will not support those members. So uh, Satan's crowd, largely successful, infiltrating. Parents found out a couple of years ago what their kids were being taught. Hey, let's let's get rid of America's history lesson. Let's create something called 1619 Project, right? which is now being introduced and taught across the country. And then you had this move, and we found out this thanks to Governor DeSantis down in Florida, uh, that uh, many many schools wanted the right to uh, indoctrinate your kids on sexual morality, right? To teach to kindergartners uh, gender you know, confusion, gender confusion, all of these sorts of things. Uh, Pete Hegseth is one of the co-hosts on on the morning show on Fox, and they interviewed Kirk Cameron as well this morning. Yeah, but he has got a book that's just coming out today that basically says. The idea of reforming our public school system, forget about it. We have to think about alternatives. Yeah. We have to think about homeschooling. Uh, and this documentary by Kurt Cameron that's out today in selective theaters is really about trying to alleviate the concerns a lot of parents have. Parents say, well, I work. You know, both mom and dad work. How can we do this? They tell you how you're going to be able to do this. Uh, many parents are saying, well, you know, I don't know how... To teach chemistry right, or math or whatever the case may be. Well, a lot of communities now, there is a community of homeschoolers right. that has an expertise in, somebody has an expertise in math, somebody has an expertise in chemistry. So homeschooling, as Chris has noted, has exploded mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. And they've, they've also, like you're pointing out, they've also uh, corrected course somewhat, it seems, to uh, make up some of the deficiencies of the old homeschooling model. Yes. They have cooperatives, like you're saying, and they yes. have communities of homeschoolers. And uh, you, you may wind up with someone who's taught chemistry in college. A PhD. PhD saying, yeah, I'll, I'll kick in a number of hours yes. to teach the group of kids. They do a lot of things together. So those concerns about kids not being socialized or whatever, almost all that has gone by the board as the homeschool movement has really matured. In this but you country. know what? The real force should be going to your local politicians, your local politicians, your state politicians, and saying, as a parent, hey, listen, I, I'm tired of subsidizing this corruption right. in our public school system. I want you, member of the legislature, to fight for me, to fight for vouchers. I, yes. I It's my taxpayer's money. Why should I be invested my given God-given money 
into a system that is anti-Christian. Well, and I, I think that's the only way to actually uh, clean up the corruption. Yes. Because I think what you would see right now, for the most part, the public school system has the vast majority of kids in this country and their parents held hostage. Yeah. Because they don't have, they have alternatives, but uh, homeschooling is not a majority endeavor right now. So the only way to break that stranglehold is the money. Yep. Is you say, listen, this foolishness is going on. I will take my kid out and I'll take my voucher somewhere else. And you would see these, it's the same kind of problem in colleges and universities. I'm not sure at this point how to, how to fix that, but they expand these wacky mm-hmm. kinds of uh, teaching uh, venues and you got nothing to say about it. Okay. But in public, the public school system, you can hold a lot of control. These schools would say, okay, we're not going to teach that anymore. If the parents don't want it, we're not going to teach it. If the parents want to know what we're teaching, we're going to tell you. Mm -hmm. If you don't want us teaching critical race theory, we're not going to teach it. We're not going to teach your kids that all you white people are racist and will never change. Yeah. Okay. We're not going to do it. Please keep your kids in the public schools. That's the only way to break that stranglehold of these uh, nut jobs. Well, I mentioned uh, real quick, um, I mentioned uh, I had two clips here from Kurt Cameron. Uh, we heard the first one there where he talked about how there's a great awakening. Uh, but in this one, he gives us a little bit of what to expect in the homeschool awakening. Clip six. In the homeschool awakening, I'm going to take you on an adventure, and we're going to follow 17 families across America who are living in cities or on farms in suburban areas, <clears throat> white families, black families, um, musical families, entrepreneurial families, uh, everyday families, and how they make homeschooling work for them. Uh, they're not Amish people uh, who just live on farms and churn their own butter uh, and grind their own wheat. These are families with businesses. These are families who do live on farms, and churn butter, by the way, is delicious. Uh, but the point is you're going to watch families make it work uh, with their own schedules, uh, teaching their kids according to their giftings, their talents, their strengths, their learning styles, together in community with others. And you're going to see how they do it with joy. You know, I, I'm not sure if it's still true because these kind of demographics and these uh, trends do change rapidly at times. But do either of you know whether this is true? My understanding is uh, over the last decade, the, the, gr- the real growth in homeschooling was not amongst Christians it was amongst people who are not identified with any particular faith yep. because they wanted a quality education and in, in their suburb or in their city, they weren't getting it. So a lot of these are college educated people who aren't doing it for religious reasons. They're doing it for quality reasons. Yeah, That's interesting that you bring that up because the uh, National Spelling Bee uh, in recent years has been won by kids of East Indian descent. Yes. And a lot of them are homes coming from homeschools. Yeah. It's not Christians. They're basically Hindus, right. many of these. But their moms and dads, here's what's happened. Uh, they, they've looked at the schools, the local schools, and they're not teaching math anymore. They're teaching critical race theory. Right. And they said, my kid needs to know how to do math in order to do well in life, in order to get a good job someday. And so they're saying, we're going to teach them at home. Let's go to the, uh, who had the uh, Baltimore story? Yeah. It, 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 this it was in Fred Stack. It was yes. in Fred. Let's talk about that because, folks, that, now, I, I want to stress this over and over again because I don't want there to be any misunderstandings. 
both of my kids, my daughter is now 38, my son is 32, they went to the public school. So did I. In Pontotoc, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Received a very good education. Things were pretty good in terms of a Christian influence in those schools. That may be still, I, mean, I just have grandkids now, that may be still going on in a lot of communities, that kind of a good education, moral education. But increasingly, public education is coming under a lot of scrutiny and some criticism. One of the examples of that is this story that Fred has from Baltimore. And I'm going to read, this is an Associated Press story, folks. All right, so this isn't coming from a Christian news agency. This is pretty much a left-wing organization, Yes, Associated Press. An inspector general's report on grade-changing practices in Baltimore's public high schools has confirmed the existence of a massive grade-fixing scheme. Report was released this week, this was last week, by the Office of the Inspector General of Education, which initiated the investigation in September of 2020. Here basically is what the report found out. The report found 12,542 examples where high school grades were changed from failing to passing, that between 2016 and the end of the 2019-2020 school year. This is before COVID. This is before COVID. Right. Yeah, so a kid couldn't pass the math test teacher comes along or somebody comes along and says strike fail put pass in and we'll just shove this kid along yeah and and this kind of thing is is endemic in terms of colleges and universities who get kids out of their high school and they go these kids can't even they can't even read at a proficient level yeah they have to go they have to go through remedial education Mm -hmm. (laughs) same thing with businesses and companies they go we're getting kids who are not qualified to work yeah. So this is this is a disservice to the nation's families and their children and our country's future. So, all right, we're done bashing the education system. Hey, uh, real quick, uh, you had said, wasn't there a news story recently that pointed out it's not just families of faith? Uh, there yes. was an AP story to that effect. Surveys have indicated factors including dissatisfaction with neighborhood schools, concerns about school environments, and the appeal of customizing an education. So. Yeah, look, look, people, I said we were through, but people I brought want, it up, I'm sorry. They want, they <laughs> want choice, they want options. Parents increasingly, and it's not just all those quote-unquote nutcase Christians, they want a education for their kids that will set them up for success, and they're not going to take second best or third best or fourth best. Yeah. All right. Now, we're, we, we are done. <laughs> okay. Well, what better time to bring up gas prices than right now? <laughs> um, we're uh, we're nearing the end of the show, so uh, I purposely held on to this because I didn't want to lose people. It's not the end of the show just because you're not going to be on <laughs> yeah. it. If you've not been past a gas station, good for you. Uh, but if you have driven past gas stations and you've had to uh, pay an arm and a leg and then some uh, for a gallon of gas, um, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, gas is still going up. Um, I'm looking at the national average from AAA's website. The national average just in recent days hit five bucks a gallon mm-hmm. uh, a month ago the average was 443 a year ago just over three bucks a gallon so in a year's time we're paying two dollars more on average for a gallon of gas 
Uh, diesel, bless your heart. Five seventy-seven is the national average for diesel. Uh, and five seventy-seven. Five seventy-seven. And you're actually, you know, if you're a diesel customer and you're driving to buy groceries, you're getting hit twice because that's how your groceries got to the store. It was on a diesel truck. So you're really being, um, you're really feeling the pain here. All that is going to be an election year issue, particularly for Democrats uh, running for re-election in the House and Senate this year. A lot of people are going to take out their frustrations on Joe Biden's policies, which are uh, part of the reason why gas is the way it is. Joe Biden, by the way, is still asking our enemies and other countries that don't like us to increase their production. So that way it'll ease the pain that we're having here um, when we fill up. And I've got some audio um, actually, I don't have the audio. Uh, that's my fault. Oh, I do. I'm sorry. Uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Fox and Friends today talking about Biden's trip to Saudi Arabia, of all places, asking for more oil. Uh, Pompeo says Biden should be going to Texas and other states saying, hey, we're going to drill more here. Clip seven. I think this is deeply political because he, he no more wants to go visit the crown prince in Saudi Arabia than a man in the moon. He did. He called him a pariah. Uh, the a radical left has said that the the kingdom under uh, MBS's rule ought to be uh, tarnished and pushed away from. They're an important partner. For four years, we did that. For four years, we delivered for the American people. Yeah, if you get this right, you can increase global supply of crude oil. But we should not only travel to Saudi Arabia to do that. We should travel to Midland, Texas and do that. And to the Bakken Shale. 100%. And to southeast New Mexico. Yeah, uh, basically what uh, Mr. Pompeo is saying there, Secretary Pompeo is saying there is, and I, I've heard this said before, we have hundreds of years worth of oil and gas under our feet in this country. It is absolutely disgusting, disgusting that we now have an administration that says, no, we're going to stop pulling that oil and gas out of the ground, the good old US of A ground. We're going to shut that down and we're going to go hat and glove and, and begging to Venezuela and going to Saudi Arabia to see if they wouldn't mind increasing their production to deal with. And the other aspect of this, we got to keep going back to this, Joe Biden uh, on his Asian trip just 10 days ago, what did he say about this? What did he say about this? He says we're in a transition. We're going to see if we can find that, yeah. Uh, yeah. that, that clip. And that is so important, folks, because I think the correct interpretation of that remark was, I don't have a problem with this is what Joe Biden is saying, because this is going to force the country into electric cars. Well, and th that explains the trip to Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as Mike Pompeo was saying, the simplest solution would be to uh, to re up our commitment to drill here in this country. But Joe Biden doesn't want to do that. Yes. All right. So going to uh, Saudi Arabia is a stopgap measure to try to protect the Democratic Party politically so we can try to drive gas prices down without increasing drilling so we can just get through this transition without political turmoil hitting the Democratic Party, that shows to me their commitment to this approach to energy. They yeah. want this transition to come. All right, let's let's listen to the uh, president of the United States on his Asian trip, what he was talking about when he referenced high gas prices in this country. It should motivate us to accelerate the transition to clean energy. This is a perspective that our European allies share and the future where together we can achieve greater independence. 
Loosening environmental regulations or pulling back clean energy investment won't. Let me explain. Won't. Will not lower energy prices for families. But transforming our economy to run on electric vehicles powered by clean energy with tax credits to help American families winterize their homes and use less energy, that will. That will help. And if we can, if we do what we can, it will mean that no one has to worry about the price of the gas pump in the future. Uh, that's not the... That's not the example that we were looking for. The the one that we're referring to is where the president was saying, basically, these ha high gas prices is just part of the transition. Right. And when we yeah. come through that, we'll, yeah. we'll all be better off. I hope folks notice also that he wants to be in sync with the globalists in Europe. Right. All right. The reality is, and, and, and our audience are, are some of the smartest people in the country. They don't buy this for a second. American people. That's why Joe Biden's numbers are so low. They're not buying this stuff. Right. They're not buying this stuff. Okay, first of all, Joe Biden, uh, who's going to give me the money to buy the electric car? Right. All right, who's going to give me that money? Gee, I just bought a gas-operated car in the last couple of years. I still got a loan on that. Right. What am I supposed to do with that? I mean, he's not dealing, he doesn't deal with reality. He doesn't have to go to a gas station and fill up any tanks. Right. He gets free food from the American people. This man has lived off the taxpayers of the United States his whole career. His That's whole why life. he doesn't get it. When you right. live on other people's money for 50 years, you don't understand what they're going through. And he says time and time again, listen, I know what it feels like. I grew up in a family where if the price of food and gas went up, we felt it. Joe Biden grew up in the 50s. Yes. Okay. I uh, realize there is a such thing as the inflation calculator, and what they were paying back then is, and I'm using air quotes, similar to what we're expecting or facing today. But there's a big difference between his childhood and the children in America today that have to. Well, and the point you're making, Fred, is people are not buying it. No, they they've heard the explanations, they've heard Jen Psaki, uh, and now uh, Karine Jean Pierre. They've heard the explanations, and they're not buying it. Nope. And the fact of the matter is. Who knows what happens if he goes to Saudi Arabia, if he finally makes it over there? Uh, who knows what happens to gas prices? But I don't think it's going to be enough to save the Democrats in November. And right now, that's all they care about. They don't care about us or our families. And more and more Americans believe that's true about them. That's right. All right. We're going to take a five-minute break for news. And when we come back, more for today's issues. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Please join us. We're going to take a five-minute break. We will be right back. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.